Hey. Hey, guys. I'm back. It's me, Taylor. I'm back, and you're listening to No Limits. It's me and Brianna today because Ethan doesn't like us, and he's taking a break, and Luna's in the background, and we just play God of War Ragnarok, and we're going to roll the intro. All right, bye. Hello, everyone. My name is Taylor, and let me talk a little slower now because we're out of the intro, and I, I wanted to do something interesting. But welcome back. You're listening to No Limits, a PlayStation podcast. And today, it's me, your host, Taylor, joined by my co-host, uh, lovely, fabulous Brianna. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. And Luna's in the background doing shenanigans, her cat. Yeah, she's cleaning. Very busy time for her. And this is episode 20 of No Limits. Um, remember, you can find the video version of this pod over on youtube.com slash save the game and media every Tuesday. While you're over there, make sure to subscribe to the channel. If you'd rather listen to audio, we're on all your favorite podcast services. I would love it if you could leave us a review. It helps us grow. and We'd love all your feedback. Also, if you want to support us and get access to all Save the Game Media content, head over to patreon.com slash save the game media, just like our current patrons did. Bucky Blue, Hopple, Alpaca Tom, SAZ, Fabulous Brianna, Brianna's mom, Brianna's brother, Brianna's wife, Brianna's toaster, Amon, Anna Hudak, Nikolai at Night, Cypher Primus, Brendan Myers, Marcus O'Neill, Always Be, and our newest patron, Megan Quinones. Quinones, I'm going to guess. Uh, I doubt it's Quinones, but. Uh, Megan, if you're listening, please correct me in the Discord. Speaking of the Discord, guys, please join the Save the Game Media Discord where we talk daily about shenanigans, video games, uh, random things. It's awesome. And the link will be in the show notes for that. Join and stay. We had huh? somebody like, join and then leave immediately. Join and stay. <laughs> yeah, well, that happens to a lot of Discord. So. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, but join and want, stay. If you want refuge from Twitter, this is a great escape. Mm-hmm. Um. So again, please go to patreon.com um, slash save the game media to check it out. Thanks to those patrons. And that list keeps getting longer. At least every two weeks, it seems like there's a new name. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. And yeah, so all that squared away. Bree, uh, I'm going to take a wild guess of what you've been playing. Okay, and I want to hear your non-spoilery thoughts on God of War Ragnarok. How did you know I've been playing Ragnarok? <laughs> I am in your walls. How did you get ca- oh. <laughs> Um, Yes, I have been playing Ragnarok endlessly since it released to the public. Um, 9 p.m. my time Tuesday. Um, I Any free time, I took two days off. I took Wednesday, Thursday off from my regular job. I spent the whole day playing, spent Friday night playing, spent Saturday day and night playing because work was really slow. How many <laughs> I was playing during work? Do you, do you know how many? I know it says when you click the save button how many mm-hmm. hours in you are, or maybe it doesn't. But you know how many? It, does. it does when yeah. you when you manually save it'll tell you where you're time. at. Yeah. yeah. So I'm at like 29. I think I'm almost at 30 hours. Ooh. So yeah, um, I have been doing a lot of like side exploring. Um, how is that? Just kind of is letting it myself wander. Side content is is are they really worthwhile quests? How is yes. that? hundred percent. Um, every single moment in this game is worth the time. Um, again, we don't want to get into spoilers, but I will say, I have to say 
because like it's just I just feel like it's something I have to say um this is genuinely the most beautiful game I've ever played you can say whatever you want about the story the like the gameplay like whatever whatever it is that you have positive or negative opinion about this game is the most beautiful game I have ever played in my life it it is astonishing all the time where I'm like holy cow I'm playing a video game right now. Like, it l just looks that good or like the yes. way it behaves? Okay. It just looks that good. Interesting. Because... It's astounding. All right. And you're playing on your TV? Yes. I have a 65-inch 4K TV. Um, and then mm -hmm. I've got my PlayStation 5. Okay. Nice. I guess I'll transition. That's awesome. Um, also, really quick before you transition. Oh, right. The controller. Audio listeners, I'm sorry, but she's showing her new God or Ragnarok DualSense right now. It looks as good as <laughs> I thought so it would. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. I'm so obsessed with it. I've been, I'm so glad that I've been, I've been using it. it. It came like the day the game, the game came out. I think I had already played like five or six hours by the time I got it, but I immediately swapped it out and I've been playing on that one ever since. And it's so, it's so beautiful. I love the DualShock. The DualShock 5 is such a fantastic controller. I mean the DualSense. Um, and I really, and oh, I'm sorry, the DualSense. No DualShock 5. That was ended with the DualShock 4. <laughs> Uh, for our pedants so in the comments in the <laughs> but yeah i just love the way that the controller feels like not just like obviously this one just is like a prettier version of of the controller but yeah. man it is a sexy controller awesome i think it looks great um what have you been playing taylor oh yes ragnarok I, but only a little yes i wish i had more time to play this has probably been the busiest time in my life in my conscious memory <laughs> so i just haven't a lot of, had haven't had a lot of time to play games i'm dealing with finishing up school graduating moving new job it's a pretty big life transition that i'm quickly approaching over the next um, few months so and part of that is finishing the semester before thanksgiving break well the semester ends two weeks after thanksgiving break ends but Leading up to Thanksgiving break, a lot of things are due all at once. So I have had to take care of that. And yeah, just been really busy. I've only played like 90 minutes <laughs> of the game. I, as the host of a PlayStation show, I wish uh, that figure was larger. Can I ask um, how were those 90 minutes for you? They were very good so far. The game opened up exactly as I thought it would. Mm -hmm. And the opening is so cool. Yeah, it does. <laughs> It's more God of War 2018, and that's what I wanted. The game aesthetically, at least in my 1440p 60, my 1440p monitor with the game playing at 60 FPS, the game, um, no HDR. My monitor does not have HDR. Um, it's from 2019. It's a little older. The game looks about as good as, I should say, fidelity-wise, it looks a little better than 2018. I wouldn't say it's, like, Bree, you said it was, Maybe the most beautiful game you've seen. I guess maybe I haven't gotten to some of the parts that make it look that and way for you yet. I do want to say, like, shout out to Ghost of Tsushima because that game is is beautiful. And also shout out to Elden Ring. Those games are, like, absolutely yeah. gorgeous. I thought This Ghost... game is on a different level. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I thought it looked like 2018, just a bit up res so far. So it's like... Yeah. Uh, that wasn't necessarily a downs... 
it's not a downside. It's a bad thing that. because 2018, everybody says, everybody, it, it sounds like it's a bad thing when you say, oh, it's just more 2018, but 2018 was so fantastic. So good, yeah. You want it to be more. Of I guess I kind of expected it to be something like totally different, but it isn't. Yeah, um, you just have to wait till you get to different areas. Okay, yeah, I'm still only even in areas one that you've been to before. Um, kind of look a little bit different. They've added some details and stuff. And okay, awesome. So I love it. But it's great. And the soundtrack and oh, it's so good. Yep. I just want to like endlessly play it and just not do anything else. So it's yeah. It's great so far. So I hope it my mom's so funny. Way. She texted me. She's like, "Hey, where is everybody in the Discord? How come nobody's talking about God of War?" And I was like, "Cause we're all playing it. We got time yeah. for nothing else." Aw, thanks, Breeze, mom. Um, <sighs> but yeah, it's very good so far, and I hope hope that continues as I play it more. I doubt mm -hmm. I'll be finished the game until probably around Christmas, and I wish I didn't. I wasn't saying that. But with mm -hmm. how this how busy the semester is, that seems like about where I'll be when I have time yeah. to actually play games and do nothing with my life. So yeah. uh not to say people who play games heavily do nothing with their lives, because they don't. Kevin completed over eighty games and he allegedly has a girlfriend and a full time job. Allegedly. Yeah. Just the same as he's like allegedly vegan. And, yeah. <laughs> and right. allegedly drinks water. Right. Oh. Yeah, he drinks water out of his. He does have a gallon jug, though. I saw that at Extra Life. Yeah, but I feel like we're. I can't more confirm it's water, though. It's like vodka. Yeah. What if it's Everclear? Yeah. You know. Okay. You know, some people can hide that very. Okay, I'm not going to go that route. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Ragnarok, Ragnarok, Ragnarok. Yeah, I haven't touched. I literally haven't touched anything else, even before Ragnarok was coming out. Like, I literally just like pre-downloaded it. Watched some anime. I learned how to a new technique in knitting. That was exciting. But oh, explain. Um, so there's this thing called double knitting, um, where basically you're doing. So let's just pretend you're doing like a black and white scarf. Of course. Um, so on one side you have like the like you'll have like a black scarf with a white pattern, and then on the other side it'll be white with the black pattern. Oh, like almost so like you're yin and yang. basically knitting two scarfs at once, but mm -hmm. you're all, like alternating the colors. Okay. Yeah exactly so i learned how to do that um so yeah that's the, that's basically what i was doing before ragnarok because i just like my whole body felt like it was just like waiting like my my life was on pause for this game and then when it came out i was like okay we can go now <laughs> nice yeah i will say another funny story about this my sister calls me brianna are you okay i was like yeah <laughs> what do you mean am i okay well, you haven't been in the group Snapchat for a while. <laughs> and I was like, wow. oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never had someone check up on me because I wasn't active in a group chat. Yeah, she's like, she's like, are you good? And I was or like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm yeah. just playing a video game. And she's like, oh, okay. Oh, that's yeah. good then. <laughs> nice. I should say, I never had anybody check she's up so on cute. me for not being active in a group chat for like three days. If, yeah. if it went for like a month and someone didn't hear from me, like, yeah, I'd get it. But uh, I'm like very much I reply to everything immediately almost okay. not always immediately but for the most part I will reply to messages See, immediately because having I, an unread message stresses yeah. me out I used to be that guy and then I got busier and then I'm like I get it all those times I felt so like the other person was ghosting me or ignoring me they're just busy sometimes I see a message that I need to respond to but I'm in the middle of something mm. and I have to get back to it 
And it's yeah. not out of any malicious intent. It's just, of course, I, I'm in the middle of something or I have to do something first. And it's like, yeah. I get it. Before yeah. I always felt so like, why are they ignoring me? Or what is it about me that they're ignoring? It wasn't about, the answer was, it wasn't about me. It, <laughs> there are more important things than me. And as like a young teenager, I'm like, this is impossible. How is anything more important than what I'm asking right now? But yeah. Yeah, I definitely get that. I used to like I what well, I say I used to. I get pretty bad um like anxiety when people don't respond for a long time. Um hmm. just because it's like like did I do something? Because I it, like in the in the past like year I've had several people ghost me. <laughs> um so I get Ew. stressed. I get stressed that that's going to happen again. Um and so logically like my my actual brain understands like oh they're super busy they can't yeah. get back to me and I understand but then like my anxiety is like yep. what if they never talk to you again that's what happens yeah someone someone who has anxiety and listeners like you can be it's easy to suffer not easy I wouldn't shouldn't say easy just because you're self aware that you're that you're having anxiety about something intell- really intellectually if you're intellectually aware it. of it that doesn't mean anxiety isn't yeah. a major factor it's still it's just like it's almost like watching a car crash you're like oh i'm really anxious right now aren't i i mm-hmm. hope i can stop it <laughs> yeah and sometimes you can't stop it sometimes like i don't know sometimes it really sucks to like realize like well this day is like kind of done like i can do stuff to soothe myself and kind of like relax but like my anxiety is too far gone to even like recover at this point i really so, don't like that yeah not a fan of that but, but. happens oh well yeah. Anyway, let's start getting into the news this past week. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah. So something interesting that happened is a PS5 Slim has wait, been wait. leaked. Okay, I was ho- I was I was writing the notes for this story. I hoped you would bring out the leak. Yeah. Has been leaked leak. with two E's to release next year. This is again. This is an alleged. This is a rumor. The information here is alleged, not confirmed. Don't take this as anything authoritative on the subject it's a leak with two e's and (laughs) a new ps5 is being developed so sorry supposedly being developed using a die shrink process to help reduce the size of the console and further reduce shipping and production costs so that's when they basically are able to make the inner circuitry of a ps5 or inner circuitry in less area and volume so just performing the same operations in a smaller space with the same efficiency. So reduces material cost, makes production easier. Um, but also there's supposed to be a significant exterior change too. Um, using less voltage and running cooler with the new model, it won't be explicitly branded as a slim, but Sony is trying to make it less bulky. And they're working on eliminating the stand for the horizontal console position. So PS5 are you not aware of this that you have to use to use the ps5 horizontally you have to position the stand a certain way yeah no i oh so i see i thought they were saying we don't want the playstation 5 horizontal no 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 it's weird it's the weird stand set up horizontally stand. where okay yeah. you have to make it so the ps5 is balanced such that the console is not flush with whatever surface you're putting it on mm-hmm. but that it's balanced on the stand it's really you know Listeners and viewers, PS other PS5 owners know how weird it is to mount a PS5 horizontally with that stand Sony includes. Vertically, it's very straightforward in how the console is meant to be stood mm-hmm. up or is meant to be displayed. But horizontally, it's very weird. So I'm glad they're working on that. And production is slated for um, Q3 
2023 with releasing Q3, supposedly. And this is from Stefan, I'm sorry, Stefan Ulmert at the leak, L-E-A-K, but they should be spelled L-E-E-K. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so this is a thing. Yeah. I mean, this isn't like super surprising news, I don't think. Nope. I think we kind of knew, like they do this, they've done this the past two generations, I want to say. Where they have yep. made like a PlayStation and then they make it slim. And the three. And then they PS- make a PlayStation and make it slim. Yeah. <laughs> PS2 slim also was a thing. Oh, so four generations then. Yeah. Because there's not a slim on the first one, right? There's also a re a new model of the PS1 that came out during the generation, but it wasn't necessarily a slim. The PS2, there was definitely a PS2 slim. Mm, PS3 okay. slim. There's also oh, the you PS3 know what? I don't know what you're slim. talking about because it had the one of them had the slide thing and then one of them just had the tray thing. I know what you're talking about. For mm-hmm. the PS3? Yeah. Yeah. The PS3 Super Slim came out uh, near the end of the generation where you would slide the top of the console to get to the disc rather than press the button to eject. It was much smaller, felt a bit cheaper than in quality than the PS3 Slim itself, but Super Slim was the final form of that console. Yeah. So, I mean, this isn't like surprising news. I guess it's like it is news, but it's just... I feel like this is just going to forever keep happening until they like get like to paper thin console. <laughs> they're going to have like PS10, then they're going to be like, okay, we got the PS10 right. slim. <laughs> say that, but that's kind of what's happened with televisions. The thickness of a television mm-hmm. has gone from right, Huge. maybe the thickness mm-hmm. of a of a large bookshelf all the way to super thin. Um, as thin as maybe a hundred pieces of paper. And that's the, the size of the back of your TV on these really thin OLEDs, mm-hmm. much lighter, lower cost relative to the market. Like TVs have gotten much less expensive over time for mm-hmm. the technology, but it's not going to happen yeah, with consoles. But not... the point is the, this miniaturization of technology um, has shown itself with TVs yeah. really well in terms of the form factor just gets smaller and smaller. Um, it's interesting that when that happens because I feel like like particularly for phones I think they like got smaller and smaller until you got like super small and then they're like okay now we got to go back up the other way yeah <laughs> get bigger, bigger. right and PCs so are, are an interesting case study on it too because it's like the more powerful components aren't getting smaller the RTX 4090 is the size of an Xbox Series S almost one-to-one oh gosh and it's like that would not fit in my desktop's case, always been an interesting market in that sense but yeah, miniaturization and um, optimization, making technology more efficient is nothing new. And it's just mm-hmm. continuing that trend. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Exciting news, but nothing crazy, I suppose. I wouldn't even call that exciting. But well, actually, I will call it exciting if it increases PS5 supply for prospective consumers who want one and haven't been able to find one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, anyway, yeah. Bree, take it away with with a Momo RPG. Oh, with the Momo. <laughs> No, okay. <laughs> um, Sony is making a Horizon MMORPG. Uh, Sony and company NCSoft have made a deal to create Horizon MMO, uh, reportedly developed by the South Korean company who made Guild Wars uh, and Lineage MMOs, targeting the global market um, as part of Sony's live service push that we've been seeing in the news for the past few weeks. Um, Gorilla has intended to create a multiplayer Horizon game for a while, um, Sony pushed for Forbidden West co-op, but Gorilla went to, uh, wanted to save it for a future project, spinoff, or Horizon 3. Um, the list of job roles include senior social systems engineers and senior game writer. Um, and I just want to pause here because there's a note that says, 
in parentheses, Brie, this is you in 10 years. Yeah, you're going to be a senior game writer. I know, but I just like, I want you to know that I saw that this morning and I screenshotted it and I almost cried because Aww. it was just so sweet. So I just absolutely adore you, Taylor. Aw, thanks. Anyways, um, job entails enticing players in social interactions to create lasting relationships and, where compatible, create guild-like groups to explore together. Senior game writer position included, quote, extensive knowledge of stories and narrative design in open-world RPG games, online games, and MMORPG ga- or MMORPGs uh, to create mission, uh, quest writing, and narrative design. Um, this MMO project follows the recently announced PSVR 2 exclusive Horizon called The Mountain, the reported Horizon Zero Dawn PS5 remaster and development, and the TV show. So they're going hard on Horizon. Oh, yeah. All the Horizon content. It's like, I view it as kind of like the Pokemon model where it's merchandise everything mm-hmm. about it. It's yeah. almost like, you know, when we're trying to fight climate change, electrify everything. Mm-hmm. If you're... If you hit it off with a big franchise, a big game, merchandise everything, get it into different multimedia markets, beat the hell yeah. out of it. And that's what Sony's doing here. And it looks For sure. I think it looks kind of interesting. Um, I'm onto MMOs, yeah. but I know a lot of people who swear about Final Fantasy fourteen as like the crown jewel of I've played well over a thousand hours in that game at this point. Yeah. So yeah. But what do you think of this, Bree? I'm very excited. Um I, well I'm hesitantly excited because I um I've tried out several MMOs and I do not like most MMOs. Oh. Um, okay. Final Fantasy 14 is a very special breed of MMO that works mm-hmm. very, very well. So if they, I know that it can't be the same as Final Fantasy because it's not the same kind of setting or anything like that. But if they take notes from Final Fantasy 14 um, and they follow a lot of those like PVE, um, raids, trials, those kinds of things, then I will definitely be into this and I will be all over this all day. Um, the other thing I'm very interested to see is how um, they integrate it with PC users. Um, if they're just like opening it to crossplay immediately, if this comes out on PlayStation exclusively um, okay. and kind of see what they do with that. Because I think if they try to launch it as a PlayStation exclusive, um yeah that, that will not be good because then you have to play it on playstation first when mmos ideally because you need an like this is why i have this mouse is like i have an mmo yeah. mouse brie has like because you have so many on the buttons. side of her mouse yeah mm-hmm. yeah because yeah, you have so many abilities and stuff going on that like you have I to agree. have something like that for so. an mmo it's one of those niche game franchises along with real-time strategy games and a couple others that it's really it basically is necessary. Mouse and keyboard are accessible mm-hmm. to um, for use with the game. And yeah. if I'm Sony, I'm releasing this on PC day one with PS5, and it's not mm-hmm. it's not even up for debate. That's where actually, in terms of being even more unique, the majority of the market, the MMO consumer base, is on PC. And I think I can say with almost almost certain confidence that. The majority of the MMO consumer base is on PC, mm-hmm. even with Final Fantasy XIV and how big it is on consoles like Warcraft. Um, I don't yeah. know other other big RPGs it, that are around right now, MMORPGs that are they're yeah. at home on PC, and Sony would be shooting themselves in the foot if they didn't if they didn't release mm-hmm. that market on day one, fin- financially at the very least. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, MMOs just just the thing is is like I played 
Final Fantasy 14 on PS5 or PS4 first, excuse me, on PS4 first. And um, I, I had a great experience with it. But then when I switched to playing on PC, it was like such a better experience. It was like night and day. And I was like, oh, okay, this is why you play this game on a PC because it just like all of a sudden, like all of the buttons that you have to like figure out because in order to, because you have like 12 abilities and you have two bars of 12 abilities plus a third bar for me. I, so basically you have like 36-ish abilities as well as like moving and stuff like that. And you just can't realistically map that onto like a PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5 controller. So I'm very interested to see where they go with this, how many abilities they have, because they could limit the abilities. Um, the other thing I'm interested is to see if they add a PvP element, which I really think they're going to. What I think they're going to do is do guilds. And then when you go out to hunt monsters, you're probably fighting other guilds for the monster and stuff like that. In which case, I may not be interested because I don't like PvP very much because people get really nasty. Um, that's when people get mean in MMOs. So we'll see. We'll see. But it sounds very exciting. Yeah. See, I'm happy for MMO fans and Horizon fans. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, this next story is a doozy. Uh, I'm just gonna <laughs> just gonna prepare for listeners. Um, trigger we're gonna warning. Talk about <laughs> huh? I said trigger warning. <laughs> oh, for mean warning. people. <laughs> for mean people. Yeah. Um, do the Doom 20. So we're gonna talk about what just happened with Mick Gordon and its offer regarding Doom Eternal. So. Um, let me just start that. The Doom 2016, Doom Eternal, Killer Instinct 2013, and he's composed other games, Atomic Heart, which will be releasing in 2023. Mick um, Gordon has been a very prolific uh, game um, game soundtrack producer over the past 10 years. And he worked on, like I said, Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal's soundtrack. But he's spoken out on some controversy around the development of that game's music and starting from the top there was a controversy a couple years ago regarding conflict between doom eternal's developers at id software and the game composer himself mick gordon um, fans noticed mixing differences between the same tracks from doom eternal's collector's edition soundtrack and the same songs from doom 2016 like the song bfg division which is on both games um and gordon said i'm sorry and they they found that a lot of fans were saying that mixing um, of the track was less dynamic in the Eternal and Doom Eternal, which was a sequel to Doom 2016, right? You would expect these tracks to sound either identical or better in Eternal rather than the other way around. And Gordon said on social media, he, he didn't actually mix these tracks and that the game executive producer, Marty Stratton, issued a public statement um, on Gordon's work. Stratton said publicly that he had concerns Gordon wouldn't be able to finish Sorry, Gordon and Mick and Mick Gordon are all the same people here. It's Mick Gordon. Uh, Stratton said publicly he had concerns that Gordon wouldn't be able to deliver on time. And said the two likely wouldn't work again in the future. And he released that information publicly. Now, two years removed from Doom, from that Doom Eternal controversy, Mick Gordon shared his side in a medium.com post, which is very long. It has a table of contents, guys, for how long Mick's response was on this. He alleged too tight. Um, Mick alleged that there were deadlines that were too tight. There was crunch and there were pay issues with developing Doom Eternal soundtrack. He said that he went unpaid for 11 months and only was paid for half of the music he developed for the game or half of the music that made it to the final game. He wasn't paid for. 
and still hasn't received that outstanding half payment. McGordon also claimed that id Software announced Eternals OST without making a deal with him for the production beforehand, ignoring his deal-making efforts. He eventually went directly to Bethesda for a deal, who was the parent company for id Software, who and ZeniMax, and now Xbox is now the parent company for Bethesda ZeniMax, but at the time it was Bethesda. So Mick went around it and went directly to Bethesda to negotiate a deal. And after delays, he eventually got a contract for 12 songs, which he also crunched for. And Chad Mossholder's work, who was another audio engineer on Doom Eternal's um, music on that project, the they were mostly edits of Mossholder's work were mostly edits of Mick's own music, which formed the majority of the final release's soundtrack. Um, and that's nothing against Mossholder. Mossholder's part of his job as um, audio He's engineer was job. was to edit these tracks and yeah. mix them and help with that process. Um, but quoting from Mick in the Medium article, he says, I never quit Doom. I quit a toxic client. Mick also claimed that Stratton and him were to have a call to discuss the negative Doom Eternal OST feedback from fans. And Stratton, but Stratton ended up berating Mick for failing. They agreed to release a joint statement, but then Stratton published an open letter on Reddit. And Mick was harassed and doxxed repeatedly as a consequence. Mick eventually pursued legal action, but a settlement negotiations dissipated when Mick asked Stratton to take down the Reddit post, which I, we presume Stratton refused to do. And Mick, and Mick Gordon claimed after this whole ordeal, he was offered over $100,000 to take full responsibility for the OST's failure, which he declined. Quoting Mick, he said, I've worked on some great games, built lifelong friendships, and worked my butt off in the trenches with some of the best creative minds on earth. And quote, I've had many great experiences in the game industry, but my collaboration with Marty Stratton wasn't one of them. Um, again, I never quit Doom. I quit a toxic client. And Marty, and quoting Mick, Marty couldn't accept that I never wanted to work with him again and made his best attempt to send my career into a nosedive as punishment. He resorted to lies and innuendo that fell apart under the most basic level of scrutiny, then tried to bury the, the issue under a stack of cash. So this, um, this summary comes to us from Rebecca Valentine at IGN. Uh, this is this is nuts. Again, this is all um, allegations against Stratton from Mick, but this taking this at face value, this is obscene. Um, it's just nuts. This the facts of this whole situation, and yeah. if Stratton and again, just really as, quick. We Sorry. are taking this at face value because, like, with the thing that happened with Bayonetta's voice actress, I ended up not necessarily being like 100% of the truth. I'm not yeah. saying that, like, Gordon is lying. We're saying that we're just taking this at the face value of the situation of the information that we have right now. Yeah. Right. Um, this is just really un, um, indefensible behavior, unprofessional <laughs> behavior from Stratton at the very least. And really, the thing that jumps out to me here is that. You know, ordeals like this, especially in a market where your work is publicized, like regardless of any legal or financial ramifications, the court of public opinion and court of career reputation, that can stick with you for a lifetime. Especially you, in such a small industry, like specifically music is pretty small in the video music, games industry. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like obviously gaming industry, guys, is a huge budget or it's like huge 
terms of financial revenue, gigantic industry if you look at financials only. But when it comes to notable workers who are mainstays in the industry, it's a small world. It's really small mm-hmm. world. It's really small. Um, and the other thing is, is that composers also work on TV shows and movies a lot too. Yep. And they cross over between the two industries. Um, and and so this isn't just like him just taking the blame for this isn't just like worth the hundred thousand, right? Because it's like not only is that like a, like not only is he not being paid for the work that he did put in, he then got offered a hundred thousand dollars, which is basically like, hey, like just be quiet. But like. Right. That'll pale that, That's going to end up losing more than $100,000 yeah, right. over his career. That'll pale right? in comparison to the amount he loses over his career if if he doesn't try to re- repair his reputation. And that's yeah. obviously his very thorough attempt here to do and so. And it's just – it's so slimy that, like, like that he kept, like, saying, like, hey, like, let's work this out. Let's be, like, adults. Let's be professionals about this. And then, like – stratton just kept like going behind him and making public posts yeah it's like why like, are we dragging this out into the public like i wonder if there's something we don't know like there's some i wonder if there's some personal vendetta that stratton had against mick when you go maybe? to these lengths to do stuff like this it just seems really really hard to believe that stratton wasn't wasn't was wasn't taking something really personal yeah i don't know what that was um it has to be personal yeah um but yeah, I don't think I have anything more to say on it. That I just hope it gets resolved. It's I yeah, I hope that like him finally saying something. I hope this gets resolved because this is this is horrendous. Like this is like it's so pro- unprofessional on so many levels. Like not only in just like communication, but like being paid. I hope that Gordon has like all of these receipts of like, hey, this is how much that you agreed to pay me. This is how much I have been paid. Because, like, he should have, at this point, he should have sued for this money, right? So, like, I really hope he has, like, proof so that he can. Because, like... they tried suing, right? But, like, in the story, he tried suing, but... um, Or, sorry, I should say... And they tried tried to work out a deal. Yeah. They tried to work out a settlement. My bad. That's not... That's not quite suing. A lot of times, litigation and a lawsuit ends in a settlement. Right. but, But you don't... You can start... If you're, you can gun for a settlement at the onset rather than going through actually suing the other person completely and then ending in a settlement. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. And by the way, guys, no one like likes to get sued or go through litigation. Like even if you like hate the person you're suing and they think they did some horrible thing, a lawsuit and litigation is one of the most obscenely expensive activities a person can undergo and endure. Like unless you, if you're not filthy rich, it can put you in the financial, complete financial gutter, especially if it doesn't pay off. Mm-hmm. So like, and Mick is also putting his reputation on the line, releasing the story publicly. So like, there's a lot that rides on this to get his career together. And I hope it pays off taking this yeah. at face value. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Nasty. But... All righty. In good on, news. On a brighter note. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got our November PS plus games for extra and premium. Um, this comes from the PlayStation blog, of course. Um, it's going to be Adam Mitchell, Michael. I don't know how to say that. Adam th- Mitchell, maybe Michelle. Okay, sure. Mi- <laughs> I don't know. Michelle. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've got Skyrim Special Edition for PS4, PS5, Kingdom Hearts. Woo! Sorry, HD. Is, everything she's mentioning is all for extra. <laughs> this is extra. Yeah, yeah. sorry. 
Um, uh, 1.5 and 2.5 remix for PS4, 2.8 final chapter prologue for PS4, and 3 for PS4. That's all Kingdom Hearts. Oh, and then we also have Melody of Memory for PS4. It's like, yeah. It is kind of um, sweet play deal. Kingdom Hearts. It's so good. It's really? so good. It's uh, so good. Yeah. Play it. I Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after you play Ragnarok, of course. And after um, Callisto. Anyways. Yeah. Um, World Soulstorm. Um, the enhanced edition for PS4, PS5. Um, this was previously released on PS Plus Essentials. Actually, I'm not sure. I know I wrote it. It was previously released. I'm not sure if the enhanced edition was. So this is a special. Uh, it might be different. I know at least Oddworld Soulstorm on release day was released on PS Plus. Like mm -hmm. before they introduced, this is before Sony did the tiers of essential oh, extra premium. Okay. But I, Enhanced Edition might be actually edition that's a step up from what we got on PlayStation okay. Plus previously. So, yeah. Um, all right, and then we've got The Division 2 for PS4, Ghost Recon Breakpoint for PS4, Chorus for PS4 and PS5, What Remains of Edith Finch for PS4. This is a really short experience. Highly recommend it. Um, the Gardens Between for PS4 and PS5, um, Earth Defense Force, EDF World Brothers for PS4, um, and then, again, EDF Iron Rain for PS4. Um, and then I assume this is Japanese, so I'm going to pronounce it Japanese, which would, would be One Chanbara. Uh, origin for ps4 um and then for the premium this is going to be all for ps3 streaming we mentioned this last week but um this is what we talked about last week with the ratchet and clank but we've got ratchet and clank one two going commando up your arsenal deadlocked um ratchet and clank future tools of destruction so those were the titles we talked about last week but they're officially going up the 15th i think uh i think so actually i'm not cool. yeah it should be then I'm pretty sure it's the 15th. Yeah. So yeah, get your games. I mean, play play Ragnarok and then <laughs> get your games. Right. Also, <laughs> listeners, anyone who's playing Ragnarok on PS4, I'm curious to hear how the performance is for you. Oh, I you're am in, too. If you're, if you're in the Discord, ping me or uh, Brianna or myself or Ethan and Sam and let us know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, more good news. Control 2 has been confirmed. So Remedy signed a new agreement with their publisher or with the publisher of Control One, 505 Games, to co-develop and co-publish Control Two, which was previously codenamed um, Huron. And the development budget is 50 million euro, which Woo! roughly equates to a, a good money. amount of money, US dollars. <laughs> um, what is it? Let's see. The it's not one to one, but it's pretty close, right? Euro to USD. Hold on, I'm, I'm gonna say it it's like sixty. I'm gonna say it's like fifty-five million USD. Oh man, that's too many numbers. Oh, it's fifty-one. It's fifty-one points. Fifty-one thousand six hundred forty-eight dollars. Fifty-one million. Sorry, fifty-one million six hundred forty-eight thousand dollars. So yeah, yeah, a little more USD, but a lot of money. It's a good amount of cash. Certainly not a, certainly not an indie title. It's maybe if we, if we had a scale here where. I don't know, double A going to giant triple A like Red Dead Redemption 2. This budget seems like it might be on the lower the lower end of a triple A budget. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna guess. Yeah. Um but yeah, Remedy will, will remain owner of the control IP. And the revenues will be equally split between Remedy and 505 that come from Control 2. And the game will be coming out on PC, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and it's built on Remedy's in-house North Flight game engine, not the Unreal Engine 5, which seems like everybody's going to these days, like uh, CD Projekt Red is transitioning to. Yeah. Um, and Remedy will be publishing this on PC, and, and 505 Games will be publishing it on console. 
and uh, Rami and Raf Galante, CEOs of 505 Games, say, quote, Control is the biggest investment 505 Games has ever made. So it has a special place in our hearts. We are grateful to the whole player community that has made Control such a longstanding and, and loved game and are even more excited to bring out Control 2. And uh, they have a lot of reason to make it their biggest investment in 505 Games because the original Control sold over 3 million copies since 2019 and it got numerous Game of the Year nominations for that year and one Game of the Year out of many outlets. So this is great for Remedy and Control. Um, yeah, awesome. And this comes on top of the recent Max Payne news that Remedy was getting back into it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, let me Google that to make sure. I genuinely, while you're Googling that, I'm so disgustingly excited about this. Like, the first control was amazing. I have it on GOG or GOG, and I have it on PlayStation Plus, and I haven't played it yet. You really should play it. It's such a special experience. It really is. Like, and I I just remember, like, because there's a part in the game, it's not open world, but there's a part in the game where the game kind of opens up. And I just remember when I was playing it, like this like overwhelming feeling. It was like almost like like magical where it was like, I can't believe that this game exists because I it a lot of the times when you play games, you're like, this is what I want this game to be. And it doesn't necessarily meet up to that, those expectations. Um, and so that's kind of what I was expecting. I was like, wow, this seems really cool. It would be really cool if this is what happened. And it does that. Every time, every ex- expectation I had for this game, it met it. And it was, it, it's just, it's fantastic. This game is so good. And I'm very excited for Control 2. I really hope it's just genuinely more of the same thing. If we can just stay in the house or even maybe go to like a um, a site outside, I would be happy. I'd be happy. Right. Well, I wonder if they do more with Alan Wake because there was, I haven't played Control, but I know, Remedy confirmed, well, there's Alan Wake expansion, mm-hmm. um, the all DLC or AWE. I don't know how they pronounce it, but, um, Altered that, world event. Yeah. Yeah. That control and Alan Wake are in the same universe. Uh-huh. So I wonder if we see more crossover in the sequel, however that, whatever that entails and however that happens. That up to I, yeah. Who knows? I, uh, I'm so mad about Alan Wake sucking. Wait, you didn't like, you didn't like it? I played the remake that came out, whatever, like 20, whatever. I don't remember when it came out. But yeah, I just bought it for Halloween and I yeah. hated it. And then it. Alan Wake 2 is being developed, right, for next year. So Yeah, I have a feeling I'll really enjoy Alan Wake 2. It's the combat was the problem for the first one. Okay, so. fair enough. Awesome. And we have some yes. Final Fantasy 16 news, Bree. Yeah, okay, so we're going to do like a very brief. There's two points here. There are two different um, pieces of the story that are like completely unrelated um but they're both final fantasy 16 news so the first Mm -hmm. piece is according to a new ad for the playstation 5 final fantasy 16 will be exclusive to the console for six months it's unclear whether this exclusivity is simply console exclusivity meaning it won't be on xbox or if it's 100 percent exclusive and it won't be on playstation or on um, pc either um there looks like um several news outlets have reached out for a comment on that to try and clear it up um, because they've done it both ways for a different Final Fantasy game, um, and there hasn't been any clarity in that. So, looks like we're gonna. I, I mean, I'm was probably planning on playing Final Fantasy 16 on PlayStation 5, anyways. But guess we'll see. Okay, and then this next piece. This is actually a news story, kind of from last week. It kind of updated a little bit this week, but I missed it last week, so I, I sincerely apologize. Um, 
Okay, Final Fantasy 16 director Naoki Yoshida has addressed the lack of diversity in the game, specifically the lack of both ethnic and, uh, uh, sorry, yeah, ethnic diversity and women. Um, During an interview with IGN, Yoshida was asked to comment on the latest trailer. And this is a huge long quote. Um, This is a difficult question, but not one that was unexpected, seeing as diversity in entertainment media has become a much discussed topic as of late. The answer I have, however, may end up being disappointing to some depending on individual expectations. Due to the underlying geographical, technological, and geopolitical constraints of the setting, um, Valisthea is was never going to realistically be as diverse as, say, a modern modern-day Earth, or even Final Fantasy XIV that has an entire planet and moon worth of nations, races, and cultures at its disposal. The isolated nature of this realm, however, does end up playing a large part in the story and is one of the reasons Valisthea's fate is tied to the rest of the world. Ultimately, we felt that while incorporating ethnic diversity into Valisthea was important, an over-incorporation into this single corner of a much larger world could end up causing a violation of those narrative boundaries we originally set for ourselves. The story we are telling is fantasy, yes, but it is also rooted in reality. In the end, we simply want to focus on focus to be less on the outward appearances of our characters and more on who they are as people, people who are complex and diverse in their natures, backgrounds, beliefs, personalities, motivations, um, people whose stories we can resonate with. There is diversity in Valisthea, diversity that, while not all-encompassing, is synergetic with the setting we've created and is true to the inspirations from which we are drawing. End quote. (laughs) As a long, long PR talk for... Um, yeah, we don't want to add more people in the game. <laughs> uh, well, I, I we don't add point, more people. Oh, sorry. No, as you say, I, I kind of understand, kind of understand what they're saying. And that it's like, you know, we're trying to create like a realistic setting, but like, it's unrealistic to say, cause they're basing, they're basing this as like based on like European culture, um, and maybe medieval times. Um, to say that, like, black people didn't exist during that time? I don't know. It seems yeah, kind of weird. it's a little bit weird. <laughs> seems kind of weird. I feel like they did exist. I could, I guess I could be wrong. <laughs> but I think they probably existed. Um, the other thing that I thought was so funny is there was a tweet reply to this. I mean, it's not funny. They should just add diversity and, and stop being dicks. But <laughs> the thing that I thought was so funny was somebody responded to this. Um, that was like, as a woman living in Europe, I can confirm I exist, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was so funny, but yeah, no, it's basically like this whole cast is just like white males. So, yeah, I don't, it seems kind of a, I understand what they're saying where they're like, well, we just didn't want to be diverse, but it's like at this point, like you're creating a fantasy setting. So who cares if it's diverse? I mean, at this, like what a hill to die on. Mm. I want diversity. <laughs> I want diversity in video games, and ideally, when they were in the game making process, and they were less further, and they were earlier in development than they are, mm-hmm. that they were going to include gender diversity, ethnic diversity. But they didn't really do much of that. A lot of RP, a lot of JRPGs aren't really that diverse, um, because a lot of right. RP, a lot of video games, and the, the races that are represented in those video games are a product of where the developer is in the world. 
mm-hmm. for a amount of time. Yeah, but the thing is, is like. But I'm not justifying because I feel like Final Fantasy has always had this reputation of the anime-looking pale characters on the screen. Mm-hmm. No, so Final Fantasy 14, I think, has a. I mean, I don't think it has as much diversity as they're touting it to have, but it does have diversity. Um, and so it's it's very bizarre to me because Naoki Yoshida was the director for Final Fantasy fourteen as well. So it's just very bizarre to me that like they I feel like it's very like this is very tone deaf um, where they're like they're just basically saying, oh, well, we know that this has been discussed lately, but like we just don't care about the discussion. It almost because seems like he's hurting himself more by saying yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is like, logically, I understand what they're saying. But at the same time, like, it's not that difficult. Like for a a really fantastic example, and I know this was like very controversial for people that are not very nice, um, just to put it politely. um, But like Lord of the Rings had a diverse cast of characters and it was fine. Like, it was it was all okay. Like, it was all okay. And so like. They, they, again, they're making a made-up place called Valisthea, and nobody would be like, you know what? This is based on Europe. I really am very offended that there's like a black person in this game. Like nobody's gonna do that, and if they do, it's one person, and we know that they're racist. They're just calling themselves out, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, um, it's such a weird hill to die on, and <sighs> I guess it's bizarre. I guess my question is like. What would they do then at this point to fix it? Would they roll back development, add in diverse characters? Would they? How point, how do, how would you fix it at this point? Or would you just say, or just maybe admit fault and say, you know, this game could have been diverse and we should have considered it more in development. Yes. But the game is too far along at this point to meet to meet the financial and release maybe deals. Because this is releasing have. next summer. Like we're coming yeah, up to the summer. release. Yeah. Like. We're coming up to the release very quickly. I think there's that was no, probably the- there's no way that they can just like rewrite all of this right. stuff. So I think like, the best anything- way would be to admit, yeah, admit fault and just yeah. Go and I think that they can add because the thing is, is like I I one hundred and ten percent guarantee that there's a bunch of characters in this. There's no way, right? Even if this is like an isolated world, like you still have people that are quest givers, right? This is going to be some sort of open world experience where you have people giving quests. You have people that like are part of the quests and stuff like that. If we see diversity there, I understand that it's not ideal, but I think that they could easily do that. Um, And again, doesn't fix the problem, but at least helps. And again, adding to what you say, they say, hey, we messed up, but you know like we're like at this point like it's too far gone like we can't change the main characters yeah you know so i don't know because the thing is is it's like (laughs) to change somebody like you can't just like change a character's skin color and just call it because then that would be weird right you'd have to like also change their like features and stuff like that um so i understand that it's unrealistic to like change the main characters that have already been developed and have already been um like already have like a look to them. Um, but they 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 could be doing something. So I guess I don't think they're going to do anything. The thing is, is like this is like a, a Japanese company, and like I don't think this is going to do too much to the game, unfortunately. I don't yeah, think there's gonna be the serious repercussions of this. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, be nice. You know, I was I feel like 
I feel like, Brie, you want to read this next story. I do. I really do. All right, do it. I really do. Okay. <laughs> a Dark Souls 3 2D pixel art Metroidvania was pitched to Bandai Namco six years ago and was seemingly rejected. According to artist Thomas Feichtmeier, I'm so sorry if I pronounced that wrong, uh, via Twitter, quote, a Dark Souls 3 2D pixel art Metroidvania was pitched to Bandai Namco around six years ago. This is now finally out of NDA, so enjoy the visuals created back then. Um, the uh, Mike Meyer <laughs> has worked on a number yeah, of Metroidvanias uh, that were that uh, were inspired by the darker tone that Dark Souls has, including Blasphemous, which is a beautiful game if you haven't played that. I love that game. Um, one screenshot depicting Dark Souls 3 boss, Dancer of the Boreal Valley, which is one of the best bosses, um, is all that we've seen so far. But it looks so freaking cool. That's my notes here. Uh, quote, the art here was created in a style which would have been doable um, in the average budget estimations of Metroidvania back then. Um, and I urge you to just Google Dark Souls 3 2D Pixel Metroidvania or something along those lines and look at this art. It is so cool. Like, all caps, so cool. I am obsessed with this i am so bummed that this doesn't exist it it looks just like dark souls except for 2d pixel art metroidvania <laughs> oh this makes me so angry that this was turned down <laughs> like so angry but it looks so good it looks really good and i have a, I'm, i have it on my screen right now devastating that it, that it doesn't exist i really yeah, and they can't distribute this without getting sued. So, damn it. Um, oh, well, because it's out of NDA, so they can release the art that they did, right? Or I'm talking about releasing the game to, like, demo. Oh, yeah. I just think that it was a pitch, so it was probably just, oh, like... Oh, yeah. Just, like... Oh, you think it was just art rather than art. a working yeah. product? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Oh, yeah, and this next story, it's about PC, and I can hear the pet ants in the comments saying, Oh... This is a PlayStation show. Are you talking about PC? Because we can. And if you don't like it, you can go. <laughs> it was just Dark Souls news, which is like we're here. And Brie loves Dark Souls. Dance. So we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Just really quick. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, you want me to read it? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Dark Souls remake on PC is finally back online. From Software has resorted online features for the PC version of Dark Souls remastered after the servers were taken offline earlier this year for hacking concerns. Um, and by the way, the hacking concerns were not just like quote unquote concerns. People were literally having their computers like taken over. Like the entire computer was like getting taken over from this hack. Like this was a very serious hack. Um, so online features for Dark Souls Remastered, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3 um, were all taken down in January um, after the quote serious exploit that allowed hackers to take control of the player's computers. Um, over the following months, Bandai Namco and From Software worked to remove the exploit, and in August, the servers for Dark Souls 3 were successfully brought back online. Uh, multiplayer services for Dark Souls 2 Scholar of the First Sin followed in October. Um, From Software revealed a while back that the original PC release, Dark Souls Prepared to Die, would never have its online services restored. Quote, we've determined that we will not be able to support online services for the PC version of Dark Souls Prepared to Die edition that was released in 2012 due to an aging system. Um, we apologize for the long wait and ask and um, ask for your understanding in this matter. This was the craziest hack story I think I've heard in a, in a while. Like it, like when it happened back in January, 
I think is what it is. Uh, it was just like, it was just so crazy that it just like really, it was an in insane, serious exploit, like it says. Um, but yeah, this comes from Anthony Wood at IGN, by the way. Just crazy. And I'm glad that it's back up online. Um, bummer that Prepare to Die won't be back online, but oh well. I own Prepare to Die on Steam. I got it before Dark Souls Remastered came out, and I never got Dark Souls Remastered. But I never played PvP anyway, so I'm like, yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, nice. I'm glad they got it back. I online. mean, the other thing is, is like the online services. I don't do PvP. I I hate PvP. It makes me really angry. Well, people do co-op. Um, yeah. So I like the co-op part, but when you allow people to come into your world to help you, you also get invaded, and that's when I get really angry. Uh <laughs> if you have a password up, but then you have to know the person beforehand. Yeah. So the. Thing that the other thing that I really enjoy about Dark Souls Online, particularly, is the messages, and I think that's a huge part of the Dark Souls experience. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think that that's like the part that would be the saddest part for me is I really love reading the messages. You go and it's like butthole, but space hole because they can't write butthole, and it's one T. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or or like I'd miss those messages, you know. Or like there, I, I like the messages where it's like treasure head, and it's very obviously just a cliff. And like you'll you die know, if you, you jump you off, like you will die, but someone just puts their treasure ahead. Yeah, the other one is like, like when you go to a dead end, they're like nothing well, here. The only time <laughs> in Dark Souls I found myself actually able to like a scenario I can think of where a player can stand on what looks on what looks like an invisible surface is Anor Londo in Dark Souls Three. Mm -hmm. But other than that, yeah. <laughs> um. I nice. love the messages. They always crack me up. They there's yeah, so, there's funny. so many like finger here. Oh yeah. Like or um, what is it? You know, an Elden Ring dog, and it's like just a turtle. It's like dog. Oh, there's also dog. you can also use pickle because there's an item that's like a pickled foot or something like that. So you <laughs> can use the word pickle, and people like write like pickle everything. It's that's funny. It's so funny. People, it's like it's such a troll thing, but it's so funny because you can only use certain words. <laughs> Mm -hmm. or the i did it i love those as well where people are like really excited like in boss nice. rooms and stuff oh, i love dark souls 10 out of 10 nice all righty where you want to go from here uh we could do limitless but i think some of the prompts we have here are a bit older but uh... hmm Actually, I'm not going to go with anything on here. I'll, I just have something. I'll talk <gasps> about. How dare you? What's your favorite? What's your favorite controller you've ever used? DualShock Four. DualShock Four. That's a PlayStation Four controller. Ah, uh, let me think on it. Hold on. I kind of want to say the DualSense, but a lot of people say that's a lot of people say that nowadays. Let me pick it up. Let me pick it up. I got my, I got my DualShock Four. She's back getting here. her God of War controller. I, I have no, two God of War controllers. This is my God of War controller, but it's Here's my other PS4 one. PS4 God of War controller. Can I think it's. I think, I think the DualSense is a better controller than the DualShock Four. No, you're right. You're right. It is. It is. But shout out to the DualShock Four. It was a fantastic controller. My day one DualShock Four lasted me the entire generation. Never mm -hmm. got a new controller. I got only used the one that came with the console. No drift. No issues. So I guess I'm an anomaly. So many people got extra controllers, but not me. It's awesome. Bree, you should get little controller stands from like Etsy or Amazon or something to put them up. Mm hmm I should. Will I? Probably not. No. 
but I should. That's Anything I, that makes my life like more convenient, I'll be like, I should buy that, and then I don't, and then like I just like uh, impulse buy random stuff I don't actually. Yeah, need. that's how I feel about um, a Bluetooth speaker for the shower. I just put my phone. <gasps> I at have full, one. I put my phone at full volume, and I'm like, I really should just get a Bluetooth speaker. Let me tell you on this. Let me tell you on this. I have not only a Bluetooth speaker, which arguably you could you could live without. It's fine. I have something in the shower that holds my phone like a little tv it's but a little case. Wet. nope it's a case it's a waterproof case that you seal your phone into and it's like a little tv stand so you can and watch then, TV. and then you can hear from the speaker so then you could like watch netflix while you're having a shower yep exactly that's kind of amazing yeah it's only like 10 bucks on amazon I might it has to... changed my life, and I mean that so sincerely. Well, then I might start taking showers that are way longer than I should be just because I'm watching TV in the shower. <laughs> uh, we want to save water, kids, but... <laughs> that's true. That's uh, funny. All right. Oh, good stuff, good stuff. Highly Any, recommend it. Anything else you want to say from Limitless? Or... I can't believe um... you didn't want to cover this one, but I'm very upset about the Henry Cavill news. That's all I'll say about it. Oh, what, The Witcher? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. For listeners who don't know, Henry Cavill will not be returning for The Witcher Season 3, right? Devastating, yeah. He was in Season... Yes, there are two seasons of the show now, right? I think he is in Season 3, but not in Season 4. Oh, whoops. I didn't even know there was three seasons. Hold on. Uh, Witcher. I'm looking it up. What's this? uh, Quits The Witcher after Season 3. After Season 3, yes. So, yeah, after Season 3, Henry Cavill quit and will not be returning. But could this be connected to the i heard news that he's reprising his role superman and man of steel too so there's two rumors about this one is that he's like he said i can't do both superman and the witcher at the same time i just don't have the time for it yeah superman to super me i don't that that doesn't make sense because like it's not like he has to change his physique between the two shows but, but i, I don't is, know that doesn't make sense to me the but what second if filming rumor, is in two like separate continents or something that's fair. The second rumor is that Netflix decided to leave the source material for season four. And Henry Cavill said, Hey, I don't want to leave like the source material. Like I'd like, I'd like to stick true to the source material. Yeah. And they said, the no, we're going to do what we want. Um, and so he said, either you follow the source material or I walk. And they said, okay, that's the yeah. other rumor. Um, Cavill is a big nerd. People don't know. He builds PCs. He plays World of Warcraft. He's big into PC gaming. He's like, an, even though he looks like a, the chiseled Greek god of whatever, he is a nerd internally. So I think that's a bold. It's also a courage, courageous move to uh, say, yeah, I could have taken the money, but I want this to be true to the books or I'm leaving yeah. or fire me. So, so as of season two, um, so this is coming from. I don't even know what this website is. Hold on. Let me go to a different website because I saw three articles that said this. Um, But basically it was that like in season two, he said that they weren't necessarily seeing eye to eye with Netflix. Like Netflix and and Henry Cavill weren't seeing eye to eye on production on The Witcher. And so there were some um, growing pains in season two. So they're like that. That's where that theory comes from. That like after season three, he was just like, I can't do this anymore. Fair enough. So, yeah, so that's bad news. And I'm also, Netflix stresses me out because they have the rights to Avatar right now. And that stresses me out. (laughs) 
they have the rights to the IP. The Avatar, Avatar was the last the Airbender. Yeah. Yeah, because they have well, so there's two different things going on right now, right? There's Avatar Studios, which is the animation, um, and that's the original creators, and they're doing three movies right now. Um, they have like three movies in pre-production, I think, and then there is netflix and they're doing a live action and it's already been cast and it's oh, wow. like being right. filmed i need to watch cora i still haven't done that cora is really i think you'll you will enjoy cora specifically too <laughs> oh what is that supposed to be uh, i just think you'll enjoy cora all right it's just the type of people that you enjoy i think i played a couple episodes of it and i didn't i didn't catch it for some reason maybe i need to push through cora is very different from avatar yeah um, so everyone says it's different it's it's very different. And the thing is is that it's like it sucks that Cora is like cuz Cora on its own is a fantastic TV show, but when you compare it to like the first like when you compare it to Avatar the Last Airbender, it's so difficult because it's like Avatar is so good. Avatar so that good. So it's good. like so good that it's like having Cora come after that. If a Cora was like a separate thing, it's like it's fantastic, but mm -hmm. having it next to those to Avatar, it's like it's hard Hard to compare, but yeah. yeah, I I really enjoy Avatar: The Last Airbender, but I'm very it makes me sick to my stomach that like if it really is true that they're not staying true to the source material for Witcher, um, and they the creators of Avatar: The Last Airbender left the live action production because of creative differences with Netflix. Oh, I just on, get Netflix. worried about it, so also, I just don't want an M Night Shyamalan yeah. moment. <laughs> Oh god, not that. Also, <laughs> Netflix canceled Dark Crystal after one season. How dare they? I haven't even watched it because I'm scared to watch well, it. Well, the original movie it. came out in the 80s, and then the show they did um mm -hmm. for Netflix came out and it won an Emmy for Best Kid Show, and Netflix still canceled it. I'm like, Yeah, they don't what? Because it didn't make enough money. I'm like, it won it won an Academy Award. And Netflix canceled. is the worst about that. Oh man, that's the con of the big budget production is when they hit, you know, like when it like almost like an Avengers Infinity War, when everything, when the success and the quality of the production match the budget it's given, it's so amazing. But mm -hmm. then all that money can just, or that company can just have the authority to say, eh, I don't want to, and just push it aside. And then, uh, I don't know, I really wish. That's so unfortunate. I really wish that that get, that gets resolved one day. But I really wish that they would stop doing that in general because it's not just Netflix that does it. It's it's a consistent thing across the the film industry, and it's really frustrating. One that like I really that really frustrates me is Merlin. Um, that show was fantastic, and it got canceled like right at like right at the last season. Like they were planning mm -hmm. on doing the last season. And it got canceled. Damn. And it's stuff like that that really frustrates me. Like Firefly is another one. I have not watched that, but I've heard it's one of the best TV shows of all time. And I refuse to watch it because of that. Because it's like it, it was canceled and it's never been finished. Mm. So it, it just well, stop doing this, people. If you're going to make a show, just commit. Just commit, yeah, even commit. if it's terrible. Commit. It's coughing season. Come on. Commit mm -hmm. to the show. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But nice. With all that said. Yeah. Really quick, are you have the... you hit have you hit the any holiday movies yet? I'm just curious. You heading into the no. holiday movies or not yet? I just plan to watch Home Alone. Like that's my Christmas movie. Other than that, I don't really plan to watch any I'm not a big holiday movie guy. I've gotten more into Halloween movies, but when it comes to Christmas, not really. But I love Home Alone, Home Alone 2. 
Hmm. Um, I loved um, the Muppets Christmas Carol, and I like Scrooged with Bill Murray. Um, I have to say, just in case anybody's looking for a holiday film, there's a film after all that hate on Netflix. <laughs> there's a film that Netflix made called Single All the Way, um, and it's basically just like your hallmark movie oh wait i think gay. i heard about this is lindsay and it's lohan so good no oh, wait, jennifer whoops. coolidge is though jennifer coolidge plays like a crazy aunt in that oh. and it's so good wait no, this lindsay lohan. i love that movie this is my new favorite holiday movie it just came out oh, last wow. year um and i will be watching it every year for the rest okay. of my life it's fantastic so yeah single all the way um it's it's a fantastic movie um and it feel it's it's such a feel-good movie so. yeah i think i mentioned Lindsay lohan because netflix is also releasing Lindsay lohan christmas movie called falling for christmas hmm. interesting i'll probably check that out i i enjoy um i'll i'll usually check out a garbage christmas movie one time you know just just check it out but <laughs> single all the way is not a one-time watch for me that's gonna be every year forever also ghoul school scooby-doo ghoul school will be the other one that i watch there you go Cool. <laughs> I was just curious. We can go. No, it's all right fine. Anyway, y'all, thank you so much for listening. And remember, you can find us on youtube.com slash save the game media and check out the Discord and the Patreon. Links are all in the show notes. And Brie, where can people find you? Um, you can find me at Fabulist Brianna um, almost everywhere. Um, we discussed this last week, but I don't have a MySpace, so you can't find me there. But other than that, you can usually find me. All right. Nice. <laughs> can people find you, Taylor? <laughs> Uh, people can find me at DeviantArt. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you can find me on <laughs> Discord as Taylor. I would just if you had a DeviantArt that you were just secretly I hiding. I don't have a DeviantArt. That would make me so happy. Maybe I do. You won't ever know, will you? I won't know. Nope. And you have to live with that. I do. I do have to live with that. And I don't have a Twitter, and I couldn't be more proud to say that. Than, after this week, <laughs> than, than, at, than at this time in life. After. I mean, think about you could have theoretically spend eight dollars to make a company lose 30 billion so think about it that way 30 billion I, I get on that yeah so you could have done that last week <laughs> so close but maybe i can crash crypto yeah uh, look at but, all the benefits look at all the benefits anyway in my pursuits to not use twitter <laughs> i'll have to save that for next time so once again thanks everybody <laughs> and bye-bye Bye.